0: In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome, everyone, to our MSEC Podcast for the Sake of the Child. My name is Tara Gleason. I'm the podcast producer and a program manager for the Military Child Education Coalition. I'm also a parent to three military kids and the spouse of an active duty service member. Throughout the month of April, the month of the military child, we're going to feature one extraordinary military kid per week and also one of our MSEC programs or initiatives. We're kicking off the month with my home in the organization, Parent Programs. The Parents to parent Program focuses on crucial stages of development from birth through young adulthood and empowers parents of military-connected children to advocate for their child on all fronts, educational and social and emotional. We're going to start by talking with Parent Programs Manager, Judy Glennon, who's going to tell more about the Military Child Education Coalition Parent-to-Parent Program and their many initiatives.
1: Hi, Judy. Hey, Tara. It's great to be here today. I'm excited to have a chance to talk to you about our parent initiatives. Our mission in MSEC parent programs is to empower parents to be their child's strongest advocate on educational and social and emotional issues. We do this through a variety of delivery methods and through a wide range of workshops and programs. Our goal is to meet parents where they are and offer them opportunities to learn as they go, from us, from the other parents that they meet in our workshops and from other professionals who are also very interested in working with military-connected parents and children. Primarily, we use face-to-face workshops and have since our very first workshop in 2006 at Fort Benning, Georgia. And since 2006, I am really excited to be able to say that we have had over 260,000 parents attend one of our parent-to-parent workshops um, since that time. Today, we have 12 community-based parent-to-parent teams. We have one virtual team that does webinars and podcasts, and we have a cadre of master parent educators who deliver parent education seminars and tell-me-a-story events in communities that don't have parent-to-parent teams. I think one of the things that I have learned since we've been in this shelter-in-place situation right now with COVID-19 is that even now, while our entire nation is operating under the instructions to shelter-in-place, while every school is closed and children are working through their schoolwork at home, while our parents are overseeing that and trying to do all of the other things that they normally do, our parent-to-parent teams are providing virtual workshops to parents in their home communities through their Facebook pages and and other uh, online delivery methods. They're taking our most impactful and situationally relevant workshops and translating them into the digital space, either by little snippets or segments of the workshop. But they're doing this so that parents can get the same content in a more manageable way. And they're bringing the children into the mix so that their kids can help demonstrate the activities that they would normally do in a workshop. So our parent-to-parent teams are in the trenches like everybody else, and they're just doing amazing things. I couldn't be more proud. With me today, I have Louise Webb and Jenny Rasmussen, our two program supervisors, and they're also going to share a little bit about what they do and and other
0: components of parent-to-parent. Well thanks, Judy, for that overview and for introducing your team. Luis, as a supervisor, can you tell me a little bit about team qualifications for your parent-to-parent team?
2: Sure. So we do have some qualifications that are important for all of our educators to have. First of all, we want them to be a military parent or spouse. The branch of service or their current status is immaterial, meaning that we are happy to have retirees as cadre, and also we love to have those that are affiliated with the National Guard and Reserve. Personal experience is key because we want all our educators to have moved with their kids and transitioned through deployments, separations, and frequent school moves. And this helps all of our educators be relatable to their audience. And like Judy just mentioned, we want our educators to be able to meet parents exactly where they are. A bachelor's degree is required, but that can be waived if the applicant has related experience. Today, all of our educators hold bachelor's degrees, and quite a few of them have master's degrees in a variety of areas. We also love if an applicant has teaching or training or counseling experience. And a few more things that we look at when we're hiring is if an applicant has leadership and or management experience, they also must be comfortable with public speaking in large and small groups. They need to be able to facilitate such size groups. Uh, you could have anywhere from an audience of 200 parents or more down to just a few. And they need to be able to be flexible in that environment. And we also expect them to have some experience with basic technology skills like software like PowerPoint and Excel.
0: And, you know, one thing that I really appreciated over my 10 years with parent-to-parent or more is the ability that it, this type of job can travel with you. If you go to a new location that has a parent-to-parent team, you might have a job waiting for you on the other side. So I always really liked that. So let me shift over to Jenny for a moment. Jenny, can you tell me a day in the life of your parent-to-parent educator? Or even actually when you were a parent-to-parent educator, tell me what your typical day would be like.
3: Absolutely. Well, An educator is a parent first, so we get up and we get our children set for school. Then I might head to a library for an early literacy workshop, which is more than just story time. Our team reads a story to parents and children, and then they lead a craft or an activity that directly connects to a theme in the book. We talk to parents about how to use literature to connect with our children, how to use literature to talk with them about difficult topics and support their learning. And then I might go to our installations community update where I advertise our upcoming workshops and a Tell Me a Story event. Attending community events also gives me a chance to network with agencies that might want to book us for a parent workshop. After that, I would be rushing home to meet my children getting off the school bus, and because my husband is deployed, I do what we fondly call the Mom Shuffle, trading children with friends so we can all get our busy kiddos to their various after-school activities. I make a quick Facebook post to our team page, which we use to share resources and information for parents. And then I meet the babysitter and head to a parent night at the local elementary school, where our team might be presenting one of a variety of workshops. Maybe it's about using Lego bricks to understand math concepts, or it might be about how best to prepare for parent-teacher conferences or how to build your student's academic or transition portfolio.
0: Thank you, Jenny, for that overview. And just to be clear, this isn't all day every day. This is a part-time position, but that could be a typical busier day for a parent-to-parent team. So thank you so much. So, Louise, you're a supervisor, but you're also the webinar team lead. Can you tell us a little bit about the parent-to-parent web-based trainings in your webinar team?
2: Sure. So the MSEC Parent-to-Parent program began presenting webinars in 2014. So what started out as just a few webinars a year has now evolved into weekly Webinar Wednesday presentations. And this year alone, we will be presenting over 55 webinars. So we offer a wide range of topics, and all of our webinars, I want to stress, are absolutely free and they are free due to generous funding provided by a few different organizations. So you can check out our list of webinar recordings, and also you can sign up for upcoming webinars by visiting our website at www.militarychild.org backslash webinars. We have five of our very seasoned parent-parent educators that make up the webinar team. It's quite a process to produce and present one webinar a week, and often we do offer two a week. They are all presented at the same time at 12 p.m. Eastern time. So I would like to share with you, Tara, a couple of our most popular webinar topics. We often get asked about the post-9/11 GI bill, and we have a whole webinar just on that topic. And other popular titles include the FAFSA and CSS Profile. Again, one of those college readiness type webinars. They seem to be very popular with a lot of our audience. And I'm really excited to share that recently we presented a webinar on adapting to a virtual learning environment. And this was added to our schedule due to the need for parents as a result of the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. And just as a reminder, a whole list, a complete list of our recorded webinars can be found on our website under that Parents tab, so it's militarychild.org, go up to the Parents tab, and also on that site as well, we list all of our upcoming webinars, and the registration link is right there. So anyone that's interested can just go to our website, click on that registration link to sign up, or go down to a drop-down menu and find a topic that's of interest to you, and those are available to be viewed at your convenience, those recordings.
0: And the other nice thing, even our school counselors and teachers, sometimes they share those links with their parents. So even if you're one of those school professionals listening today, you can still use this as a tool to share with other parents. And also as a professional, you have things to gain too from these webinars. So thanks so much for that, Louise. What is your favorite webinar to present?
2: Well, my favorite and all my teammates know is I absolutely love the academic portfolio. So as a parent myself, when I was first introduced to parent-to-parent, to the parent-to-parent program, this tool was huge. It was a vital part of helping me get my kids registered into their new school. It also aided them in getting placed in proper classes that they needed. And it definitely helped, uh, particularly my older son, to get all his college readiness paperwork together. So I love of this webinar, and we do get a lot of positive feedback from other parents who attended our webinar live or who go back to the recording later. And it's really all of them continually say that it has greatly aided them in all of their children's transition needs.
0: And I feel like that portfolio workshop, even when the in-person, is one that people tend to remember. So many times when I go out into the community to trainings, I hear other spouses talking about that portfolio and how they still use it with their kids now that they're in college. Is a great organizational tool, so absolutely wonderful workshop. So this question's for Judy. Judy, what happens if a community doesn't have a parent-to-parent team locally? What are their options?
1: Clearly webinars is for anyone that doesn't have a community-based team, but if a school district or an organization in a community would like to have more than just a virtual presentation, We offer uh, a parent education seminar. Seminars are designed to support uh, 35 parents in up to three to five individual workshops. They include the same materials that the parents would get if we were offering it from a local team. And we package them typically in segments so that we're addressing a topic. It might be a back to school seminar or maybe a community has an interest in having a college readiness and applications seminar. So we can package those so that we have similar topics for different age groups all bound up together. Or communities can just look at our catalog of workshops. We have over 60 workshops to choose from, and they can pick the ones that they think might resonate the most. For the elementary-age parents, maybe they are talking about parent-teacher conferences or test-taking. And then at the same time, if they're looking for something for the high school students, maybe this would also pair well with a college application workshop. So we can tailor it to the needs of the community. It's completely portable. And everyone that comes to present a seminar is one of our MSEC Master Parent Educators. So they're getting really quality products.
0: So, what's the
1: most requested seminar you've had? That's hard to say, and the reason is because we do tailor the seminars to the needs of the community. So, most recently, we've done several seminars in different communities in South Carolina, and at the time, they were primarily focused on back to school readiness and college application. It really depends, though, on the needs of the community. I will say that we almost always are requested to offer transitions. And when we do them in the springtime, we're almost always requested to include kindergarten readiness. One of our most
0: recognized initiatives is our MSEC Tell Me a Story initiative. So many of us as military families have, I call them TMOS books, on our shelves from one of these events. Can you tell us more about it?
1: Sure. We launched Tell Me a Story on September 11, 2005, right here at Fort Hood. The very first book was Mercedes and the Chocolate Pilot. And since that time, we have added 17 more books to the catalog. The mission of the program is to empower our military-connected children, uh, utilizing literature and their own stories, to help them foster skills for resilience, to create strong peer and parent connections, and to help them engender a sense of pride and accomplishment and feel like they're part of a larger caring community. Tell Me a Story is really designed to open up discussion on difficult topics like deployment, separation, and moving for children in the target age range of four to eight. We really used TMOS as a way to help parents understand how to start that dialogue on those difficult topics with their kids because a lot of parents have told us that they don't know how to bring up the subject. So by using children's literature, it may even be on on the surface on a completely different topic, but it may have an underlying current that you can blend into the discussion that you're trying to get to. And so that's how we use the literature um, in these really beautiful books that have vibrant graphics and, and lovely stories to help parents and children talk about difficult things together over over stories.
0: If a community is interested in hosting one of these Tell Me a Story events, how can they learn more?
1: First of all, they can go to our website, militarychild.org um, slash tell me, uh, TMOS, Tell Me a Story. They can find information about our Tell Me a Story program there. Um, they can call us at, at the headquarters. They can send me an email, judy.glennon at militarychild.org and we can get started talking about it. We offer Tell Me a Story primarily through the parent-to-parent teams, but we also have master parent educators who are in uh, communities across the country that are able to help deliver Tell Me a Story programs for communities that don't have teams. And we can also work with community coordinators to train them to deliver the program if that suits their needs even better. To finish up with Tell Me a Story, um, I'm excited to to say that, you know, this is something that we have done quite often and that really resonates with the communities. In fact, since the first Tell Me a Story event in 2005, we delivered more than 550 of these family literacy events and had more than 57,000 family uh, individual participants um, join us for this. So. So it's really very popular. And uh, if you get a chance to see a TMOS to go to to visit one, I would encourage you to do so. But now what I'd like to do, Tara, if if we can, is move into our newest initiative within the parent programs. And that is our SchoolQuest virtual transition tool that we've just launched for military parents. And I'd like to turn it over to Ginny
3: so she can talk to you a little bit about SchoolQuest. Right. So as we've discussed, because not all of our communities have the benefit of a parent-to-parent team and our middle and high school military students face challenges when they transition, MSEC wanted to develop an online tool, a one-stop clearinghouse for academic information. So at schoolquest.org, families can register for free and build a profile for each of their middle and high school students by identifying academic and transition topics of interest for each student. The user can get an overview of that topic, some ideas of questions to look into further, and MSEC-vetted helpful links for researching that topic. Also, if your family has a PCS MOVE upcoming and you identify the state in your profile, you can see a transition document for that location that gives links to information about graduation requirements for that date, mandated standardized testing and timing, and even what's most important to our teens: when can I get a driver's license? SchoolQuest.org also has a handy checklist feature. Each student profile gets three checklists we've identified as being most needed. A checklist for what documents are useful for building your student's portfolio, one to track credits towards graduation no matter where you live and one to help you prepare for those parent-teacher conferences. There is a library of checklists and the ability to make your own or edit the details in a preloaded checklist. So we would love for families to go to schoolquest.org and register today. And I
0: will tell you, listeners, I have registered my sixth grader, and it is an amazing tool. We, we at in the military, we always love our checklist, and it, it is just a wealth of information all in one place. So Jenny and Judy and your team, you've done a fabulous job with that, and I, I do encourage everyone to go in and check it out. So I can't end this podcast without having you share about my absolute favorite tool that we offer at MSEC, and that is Ask Aunt Peggy. Judy, can you tell a little bit more about this feature? So if you've ever been to our website
1: or sent us a question, there's down at the bottom of all of our pages, there is a section that says, have a question, ask Aunt Peggy. And if you click on that, it'll take you to uh, the opportunity to send us a question. And, And the thing that I learned, honestly, nine years ago when I first started working here at MSEC was that, the Ask Aunt Peggy feature was actually a re- is actually a real person. And I was so used to, whenever I had a question, I would call or I email a website or something like that or call on the phone. And, and I always felt like it was a very impersonal feature. But the thing about our Ask Aunt Peggy is that even after the original Aunt Peggy, Peggy Watson, who was a former high school guidance counselor and then became our chief researcher here at IMSEC, even after she retired, we have continued this very personalized service of providing responses to our customers' questions, our stakeholders who have a question that they can't get an answer for anywhere else. So what happens is when you click on Ask Aunt Peggy, it takes you to our contact page, and then you scroll down, and when you select your subject, it sends that email, it sends your question to the MSEC staff person who is best suited to answer your question. And if it's a parent related question, 95% of the time it's going to come to me and I will get the answer for you. I'll research it. I may reach out to Tara or someone else in the organization. I may contact a science advisory board member Or I may reach out to one of our external partners who's in the best position to provide the answer for you. But what you get with Ask Aunt Peggy is a personalized response to your question. It's not some canned response that that we just pull out and say, well, this is the answer to that, and this is the answer to that. It's personal, and it's yours. So you got a question? Ask Aunt Peggy.
0: So because this podcast is all about sharing stories, I have to share that, I used to work remotely for many years when I, I didn't have an, a parent parent team. And once I was working on gathering some information for a project, and I went on the website and I submitted an Ask Aunt Peggy question. And at that time, I get this email back from Judy, who was my boss, but so I did not realize that Judy was actually Peggy, and it was very funny. So that, that was my funny we part. Laugh about that. We sure did. So Judy, what are you most proud of in your parents-to-parent program? The people. I am the most
1: proud of all of the military-connected spouses who work for us, actually work for all of the parents out there in their home communities. Doing this work because they're passionate about sharing great information and resources to other parents who may not otherwise have access to it, people who have discovered all of the great resources that we have to offer and want to make sure that it does not go unnoticed. And especially now, especially when parents are are really concerned about, you know, what about tomorrow? What about next week? What is school going to look like for my kids when this is all over? Our parent-to-parent teams are right there providing us with information on what kind of questions are being asked in their home communities so that we can try and get the answers out to everybody as quickly as possible. And they're doing it all while they're juggling everything else that everybody else is juggling. So I'm just really passionate and proud of the work that our team members, these wonderful military parents, are doing and how they just, Every time we ask them to do something, they just step right up and say, okay, let's go. And it's just they're just an amazing crew of women.
0: Well, thank you, ladies, for sharing your stories and telling us more about your parent-to-parent program on the podcast today. Thanks to our listeners for joining us. Please like, rate, and review this podcast. Be sure to follow us so that you can get access to our podcast first and exclusive access to special episodes. Please reach out to us with your comments or questions and also with topics you'd like to hear discussed in future podcasts. Thank you for listening and join us again next week. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.